0: The VCG podcast is sponsored by Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts in Barrie, Vermont. Forget-Me-Not Flowers and Gifts is at a new location on Main Street. So check them out if you're looking for flowers or gifts for someone in your life. Welcome to the Chaotic Good Cast, our weekly geeky roundtable. I'm your host Doug Shoot, and with me are my fellow casters, Rob Collegian from a Pod's perspective.
1: Party on, Doug! Party on, Ben!
0: <laughs> ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games. <laughs> 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 oh, man. All right, so our first segment is new at the store. Ben, take it away.
2: So this week releasing, we have Fantasy Flight Games' newest cooperative living card game, the Marvel Champions. Uh, In this, you're going to be taking on the roles of a bunch of uh, Marvel heroes, including Spider-Man, Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and She-Hulk. And one of the cool things that is a unique, uh, at least I haven't seen this done in in other uh, superhero games, is you will have to juggle between your superhero identity and your alter ego, your your secret identity, uh, which is a really really cool mechanic. Uh, as you take damage and everything, you will need to kind of retreat back into your into your alter ego to. Uh, get your your different hit points and and your attacks and abilities back and everything uh and also there'll be some things that the villains that you're trying to fight may throw at you that will require you to uh handle it as your alter ego as well obviously peter parker uh can't be seen fighting the green goblin but he could definitely have a parlay with norman osborne so it's a kind of an interesting little mechanic and a very uh very intrigued to see how that plays out and how they continue to develop it.
0: Yeah, I saw this uh, quite a bit, and I was intrigued when when they made the announcement. Of course, I think it kind of got overshadowed by the, uh, the uh, miniatures game that got announced at the same time. But I know everybody seems to be really, really positive about this uh, about this release, which is really cool. Um, Rob, have you seen this? What do you, What are your thoughts on this uh, Marvel Champions uh, LCG?
1: I just saw it recently, um, and I I was confused because I thought it was uh, people posting about legendary, right? Um, but no, it it looks fantastic, and I'm I'm really kind of digging it. Um, I want to get my hands on a copy for sure.
0: No. My question is can the market handle another Marvel card game? Cuz like Rob said there's I, there's Marvel Legendary, there's that other uh what's that other kind of LCG that Upper Deck has. Um what what's that called? Uh I can't remember.
1: Was it Overpower?
0: No, no, it was another it You're was thinking like
2: of the uh the Versus system.
0: Yeah, the Versus system. Yeah. Um so that's that's another Marvel another Marvel card game. This is a third one. Do is there a market for three of these?
1: I know this I'm... one seems to be more like the like a cinematic universe type. Um just from from what I've seen at least from the artwork.
2: Ben, what do you think? I would I would say yeah, they're they each fit very different roles. The versus system is designed to be competitive one-on-one game, similar to like Magic the Gathering or, or Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh, where you build your deck ahead of time, bring it to the table, and and compete against uh, your opponent. The Legendary is a deck builder, and as good as it is, it does lack a bit of narrative to it. It's yeah, Yeah, there's like a scheme and like a scenario you're playing out, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense why my deck might have multiple heroes in it And I just play them for attack and defense power. And some of these heroes may be shared by other players. So I think it loses a little bit in the narrative aspect with that, which I think this uh, fantasy flight game will definitely uh, really kind of fill that hole. It definitely uh, with fantasy flight uh, games, LCGs, they're cooperative ones. Anyway, they've really built uh, on each one. First one was, uh, Lord of the Rings, which is still a phenomenal game, I I play that. Uh, I actually play that digitally uh, through the through the Steam app. Um, and then the new newer one was the Arkham Horror LCG, which took a lot of those mechanics from the Lord of the Rings, kind of refined them, added some new stuff to it, and made a really really great narrative uh, and game within that that H P Lovecraft mythos. So I'm really interested to see what they feel they've learned from those other two, what they can add into it, and really give it that Marvel, that superhero spin.
0: Now, is it just the core set that released uh, for this initial release, or is there any other uh, supplement uh, packs that have come out? That are coming out along with it?
2: Yeah, so the... Um... It is just going to be the corset set that releases this week. And one of the cool things about this corset set is this is the first uh, LCG corset set from Fantasy Flight where you only have to buy it once to get a full play set of all the cards, oh, which nice. is great. Uh, that said, it does carry a little bit higher of an MSRP. It's clocking at $60 instead of the normal 40 which uh, a lot of their LCGs have. But knowing you only have to buy it once instead of two or even three times for some of them, um is 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 great uh they have announced a couple of hero packs coming out there's a captain america and a miss marvel and then a scenario pack uh which will be the green goblin and those will be coming a little bit later this year as i understand it
0: now who comes in the the course set as as it is right now
2: do uh let me pull these up real quick it It looks like the the rhino Okay. Yeah, it looks like uh, Rhino and uh, Shocker will be in there as well, as well as Claw and an army of Ultron drones. Uh, so it looks like a couple of different uh, scenarios for you to play through with just the corset. Uh, in terms of heroes, uh, you can have Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Spider-Man, Black Panther, and She-Hulk. Uh, and yeah, you'll be uh, working against uh, those three uh, villains that I uh, mentioned earlier
1: interesting that's kind of weird i mean i guess it makes sense business wise not to include green goblin in the core set this way it kind of makes people want to buy him uh but it is kind of lame that it's like rhino and and shocker
0: yeah kind of like the, the core bee, set. yeah kind of like the b villains
2: and the
1: yeah yeah it's kind of bogus because it's, it's very obvious what they did there <laughs>
2: Yeah, it, but in a in in kind of the same way. I can see because they're you know I'm sure they'll be adding new cards for these existing heroes in future releases as well. You know, Spider Man didn't run into the Green Goblin on his first you know trip out, and and very true. So you know, but you gotta, then but
1: then to toss someone like Ultron in there.
2: Well, yeah, you, know, you know he's just a he's just a, a mainframe <laughs> in, in artificial intelligence. What what could go wrong?
1: Out, it's perfectly safe
0: uh no i'm i'm really uh curious about this uh marvel champions game i think if somebody were to have it in front of me i'd probably try it out just to see if i like it i don't think it's one of those games that i'll probably just go out and rush out and buy um but i definitely would try it out and if i liked it then maybe i would uh, consider buying it but
2: well if you have have, bring one i was gonna say i I actually have uh, a few extra copies of these that i ordered in that i normally wouldn't have because we'll be attending the carnage gaming convention so i will have a copy if uh the three of us wanted to get together and kind of run through it and uh maybe try to take on uh the rhino or you know ultron nice i think that'd be really cool
0: that would be very cool uh, and that brings us to uh, the other topic of that uh, we're going to be recording uh, a live podcast episode at Carnage uh, on Sunday morning at ten a.m. Uh, I think pretty much everybody is going to be there, so if you are thinking of uh, being at Carnage on Monday morning or Sunday morning, feel free to swing on into the uh, Snowshed building, and uh, you can sit and watch us stumble and bumble and. Record a live podcast uh, for re- release later on in the week, and and uh, we'll probably even try to live stream it if we can, depending on how the internet connection is there in that building. Sometimes it's sometimes it's good, sometimes it's not. It depends on the time of the day. But yeah, I'm excited uh-huh. to uh, hang out with you guys for uh, for the weekend.
1: Yeah, sure. I get all uh, gussied up. <laughs>
0: Uh, ben, is that uh, all that you've got coming in for the store this week?
2: Uh, so one of the other things that's arriving uh, this week is the Talisman Revised Edition, uh, the fourth edition release of this. Uh, and I'm sure a few of our listeners are going, wait, what? What? That's a new release? Uh, so this is apparently the Pegasus Spiel release of the game uh, as our listeners may or may not know, this was originally a Games Workshop game that had been published in a partnership with Fantasy Flight Games. And within the last uh, year, year and a half, that partnership had dissolved and they'd kind of separated on their own way. Uh, And it was Games Workshop that was shopping around the game, trying to find another suitable publisher for it. And it looks like uh, the European-based Pegasus Spiel uh, decided to pick it up and that is uh it's now back in print and it will be back in the store. Um and they're you know really kind of uh part of the marketing of it is it's it's 36 year out there. Uh, so it's definitely one of, you know, the original board games uh that that our gaming hobby uh kind of broke onto the scene with. And it is I wonder
1: back. if uh I wonder if this is the addition where they've added fun into the game.
0: <laughs> Rob coming in
1: hot. Uh, I've played Talisman once and it was very long and very, very boring. (laughs) Um, It felt like Monopoly, but worse.
2: It definitely is one of those games that is very dependent on a lot of luck uh, to wrap it up and also the people you're playing with because you can stab your friends in the back so uh if...
1: I, I don't know if it was the fantasy flight fourth edition or the third edition that that i played but i just felt like we would go from like the outer ring to the middle ring and then get bumped back to the outer ring and then finally make it to that middle ring and then could bump back out again like it was just it was monotonous man and then i tried again playing on the uh playstation 4 and i was like oh maybe it's better in video game form no <laughs> it is not definitely
2: it is definitely a polarizing game. I know some people that this is their game and it is their uh their love and they break it out whenever they can. And then there's definitely a lot of people like Rob who are not as keen on it. And I kind of fall into that personally. It's not my cup of tea, so to speak in what I look for in a board game, but I can definitely see some of the merits in it.
0: Hey, and Monopoly still sells millions and millions of co- copies a year as well, it does. and you know that's not a great game, but yet it still plays. I mean, yet it still sells. So, uh yeah, I I don't know. I uh, I have not played Talisman, so based on Rob's recommendation, it's not so be we're added gonna play at carnage right no,
2: we're not
1: i will i will turn my car around and just drive straight home <laughs> if, if, out, if talisman is brought out talisman is brought out i'll just leave that's it
0: oh man yikes uh, i guess uh, we're not gonna get that kind of uh, we're not gonna get <laughs> th- that sponsorship anymore i guess oh wow uh
2: the uh, the the opinions expressed within the chaotic good podcast do not necessarily reflect those of all the co-hosts nor <laughs> a victory condition game.
1: Yeah, we'll say that that that, that is just a pawn's perspective uh, <laughs> opinion right there. I'll go official on the record and say that a pawn's perspective fully uh validates that position.
0: Oh man, that's awesome. Uh yeah, so you got a couple a couple big names coming in this week uh Ben, so you should have should have some pretty good sales uh, based on that, I would think.
2: Yeah, no, it's definitely we're we're ramping into the holiday season here. We're gonna start seeing a lot of uh, Spiel releases uh, hitting uh, the U.S. kind of market uh, in the coming weeks, and then rolling right into Black Friday and our holiday shopping time. So it's a uh, it's gonna be a busy couple of months coming up here. Uh, November is just the beginning, and it doesn't stop until. About halfway through January.
0: Wow. Um, now, one thing we should mention before we uh, close out this segment is that Essen just happened last weekend. Um. Did anybody see anything that they were really excited about from Essen? Uh, I know, Ben, you kind of keep your ear to the ground about, uh, you know, most all things board games for the store. And and Rob, I know you do as well. Was there anything that uh, you kind of saw or announced or or anything that uh, you were excited about? I know I'm putting you on the spot.
1: This is one of the first years where I I can't think of anything that really stood out to me um, that I didn't already kind of know about. Uh, I did enjoy the news that uh, Kapow from Two Ton Porcupine got picked up by White Wizard Games. Uh, they're a local Connecticut developer. Uh, I know a few of those guys there, and Kapow was an excellent, excellent game, yeah, uh, and I'm glad to see that that White Wizard snagged that.
0: Yeah, he was at... Uh, or they were at uh, Carnage a couple years back. Yeah, and they were, It
1: was funny. Is, uh, they were at Boston Fig, and Kapow and White Wizard Games were right next to each other, and I guess that had a, a big uh you know big influence on the deal that white Wizard saw how how busy their booth was and and people loving the game and they're like all right this needs to be a, a white wizard game
0: nice and yes. then they
1: signed them and Cause... that's i mean it's a huge win for the for the two-ton porcupine people
0: absolutely absolutely rob and debbie and, and the uh, white wizard games folks are just they're good people in general and and to see them uh bring on uh another game that uh they have a lot of faith in it says a lot about uh, what they think of that game um, yeah no i, yeah, I no, it's, I'm, it's awesome. I'm i'm excited to uh, see where that uh, where that goes and hopefully they can elevate the the reach for that game cuz that game uh, actually was on kickstarter and, and was successful uh, but i don't think it like exploded like a lot of these games do and uh, i i'm glad to see that it 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 hopefully will once it's a finished copy or published copies go out, hopefully you can get that oomph that it really kind of deserved. Because I know a lot of folks were about it. Yeah, I think they've already got
1: it. some... Uh, they've got some... I mean, White Wizard already has some ideas to expand it a bit. Because oh, uh, nice. the cool part about the game is you can have heroes and villains which add you know variable powers. Um, so there's a lot of room to just create more content for the game.
0: Yeah, and I love love the idea of, like, building dice and, like, making the, you know, because it's it's not just a dice-building game. You're actually just, you're actually building the sides of the dice uh, and then rolling them, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, so the dice are very, actually, they're almost identical to, like, Dice Forge dice, where every side can be popped off. Um, And, yeah, so as you're playing, you know, depending on your rolls, you are actively buying more blank dice and, and adding more sides and customizing kind of what you're rolling to your style of play. So you could build a very balanced character, a very defense heavy character, a very special ability, you know, or a very uh, attack-based character, um, and it allows you to kind of be a little bit, um, you know, flexible, whereas, the, you know, your opponent is playing one way where you can kind of fix your dice up a bit to to counter that.
0: So that was one uh, one announcement, uh, Ben. Did you see anything that uh, you were too awfully excited about at, uh, at Essen, or was it kind of like um, a, a kind kind of like a uneventful year for you this year?
2: It was definitely a quiet year for Essen, from what I understand. Um, a lot of the buzz was from, uh, a, and it was very quiet buzz, but a, a lot of games coming out of the the very obscure board game markets um the 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 more middle eastern games some of the games from um uh i, I ran, uh that that kind of area where they're not they're not making these giant big splashes that you see within the the european and the the u.s markets um so there's a few uh that visually caught my eye i couldn't tell you what their names are because all the boxes are in languages i don't speak um but i'm definitely trying to trying to research and get some information on that um cool Mini or not did announce that they're going to be doing a sheriff of nottingham second edition which has me interested in that uh because that has been a great game a good seller for us and uh, it just hasn't been available uh Obviously, because they had a new edition in the works, uh, so I'll be happy to be able to carry that game in again. Uh, looks like it got some new art, uh, and probably uh, I think it adds some of the Merry Men expansion into it uh, right off the gate. Just from the the spread they had in their in their Simon uh, games, I'm kind will of flipping. That, uh,
1: will that be coming out straight through them? Or are they going to partner with uh, Arcane Wonders again?
2: uh it's got the the box that they showed just had the uh the the simon uh logo on it i did not see an arcane wonders uh uh image on the the front of the box but that doesn't necessarily mean it, it won't be but just the the image i saw didn't didn't catch it um probably another game that i need to look into a little bit more is robin von loxley uh, this is ua rosenberg's uh newest uh, it's a two player game um so you're working one-on-one or one-on-one against uh your opponent uh, and there's a video that's on youtube that i need to actually sit down and watch through but uh the box looks whimsical and fun and i am kind of a sucker for two-player games as well so that's uh it those it are kind of the two uh, that are on my radar
1: is it starting kevin costner
2: uh it might be it might be i hear he needs a little bit of work lately uh still paying off those those losses from Waterworld. so
1: let's remember that everything he does he does it for you
0: <laughs> now going back to the uh sheriff of nottingham uh, second edition that game hasn't been out all that long it's only been out for five years um and then the merry men expansion hasn't even been out I think it don't. I don't think it's even been out two years. So that's, to me, that's surprising that they're doing a second edition of that game. Does that seem does does that seem? I guess it it depends on
1: the print run. I guess. I mean, it's a it's an extremely popular game, and if maybe they just printed X amount and figured, hey, we'll we'll hold off on uh, until they could print it themselves and then get some
2: more out there maybe, maybe. Uh, I, yeah i it it is a little interesting that they went uh, cuz very clearly it's you know right underneath the title uh second edition so maybe they felt some of the rules were uh it's not a very a rules heavy more. game to be
0: yeah, no it, it's it's, it's an,
2: yeah so maybe they wanted to add a little bit more uh structure to the game uh even though i don't think it needs it um but yeah uh it'll be interesting to see what actually comes in the box
0: yeah, it's it just it just surprises me because, uh, like I said, that's that's a fairly newer game in my opinion. But you know, yeah, I mean, in this day and age, people uh, probably a second edition will probably sell even more than the first at this point. So, cool. All right. Yeah, that was uh, the the from my opinion, that was a kind of a, a lackluster announcements as far as uh, as far as. Uh, the Essen news that was coming out um, the Kapow thing was definitely probably the, the biggest uh, news to come out from, that I noticed um, I, I didn't even realize that there was a second edition of Sheriff of Nottingham uh, announcement from Simon so that uh, that's interesting. It's interesting this isn't the only second edition game that they've got coming out uh, they've got another one that's coming out as well it's currently on Kickstarter which we'll talk about in the, uh, the final segment of the show uh, let's right, now let's get to the box office beat where we talk about all that it reigned supreme on the box office this last weekend. Uh, this last weekend was kind of a lackluster weekend. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot that was new that that uh, that that went to the theaters, but uh, or that debuted to the theaters, I should say. Uh, and surprisingly enough, the number one movie. Is back is back on top it's the Joker movie which is uh in its fourth week uh, it brought in a little under 19 million which for a number one movie isn't all that much to be honest with you but it is now the highest what is it the highest grossing superhero movie of all time it's beat out Deadpool and Deadpool 2 um, yeah it It's just, it's doing really well, and I think it's going to continue to do well. I think it's going to probably stay in the, uh, stay in the top ten for probably the next, at least the next four weeks, if I'm going to guess, um, just because everybody seems to be, uh, saying some really great things about it after folks see it. I have not seen it. I do want to see it. I'm hoping to see it within the next week or two, um, with Carnage coming up, I'm probably not going to be able to see it this week, but, uh. It's definitely one of those movies that I, I want to see in the theater, just because I think uh, uh, if it's getting this much buzz, I should probably probably see it in the best form that I, I can. And uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, were you guys surprised that the the Joker is back on top?
1: From what I heard, it's pretty good. And whatever you know, there's not much else really in the theaters right now. I think that's worth watching.
0: Yeah, I, I think it kind of just hit at the right moment, and it's the right time of year for it. And, uh, the number two movie was the number one movie last week, which was Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. That dropped 50% from the week one to week two. It brought in, just barely missed the number one spot, just by a, uh, a couple hundred thousand. Uh, but yeah, it's definitely not doing all that well it's not uh it didn't have as bad a week two as dumbo did which was minus which was 60 drop off but it's still not not a great uh there's not not great chance that it's gonna uh, make disney a profit which i guess that's fine i mean they can't win all of them you know, I think they, they've made up for it with uh, a lot of movies this week so to maybe have one that doesn't quite do as well as you know all, most of the others I guess that's that's okay those are the uh, when you're playing the odds that's that's gonna happen um, but they've definitely Disney's definitely had a very very solid year this year so you know they're bound to have uh, a movie that probably doesn't hit every once in a while. Uh, number three was the Adams family. Number four was Zombieland Double Tap. Number five was the debut of Countdown. I don't think I saw what that was about. Oh, it was about a nurse who downloads an app that tells her she has just three days to live. Uh, It brought in nine million, and uh, it's got some lukewarm reviews... Uh, it just cost the studio 6.5 million to make. So it's not going to lose any money, but it's not going to be like this huge hit for them. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, I guess for a six and a half million dollar movie, it's not, not horrible. Uh, number six was black and blue, uh, which is an R rated uh, police action thriller. It, uh, it actually has some really great reviews. It's, it's, got an excellent a plus cinema score from open weekend audiences so uh it'll be interesting to see how how that does uh, long term number seven was gemini man which seems to be just struggling at the theater with the uh, of course will smith is is uh, leading that picture and uh i haven't heard really anything good about that to be honest with you number eight was the lighthouse which is uh really interesting because this movie debuted in 586 theaters still brought in a little over three million so that's an average of about 5200 per screen um and so it stars willem defoe and robert pattinson and you know that's not not bad by any stretch of the imagination uh I wouldn't this be surprised is, yeah go ahead
2: this is probably the movie I'm most interested in in the are you really in the top 10 yeah I'm I'm kind of a sucker for these you know uh for lack of a better term arty uh you know films and and seeing some of these actors uh, flex their chops in slightly different ways uh always. Always brings a smile to my face, so I'm I'm looking forward to seeing Defoe and and Pattinson, uh, in this. So I'll, I'll probably check this out in the next couple of weeks or so.
0: Yeah, it the uh, the from all the reports saying that it's got uh, it might have some cult film potential here uh, once it's all said and done, which is interesting to uh, to read. Hmm. Uh, number nine was the current war director's cut, which I don't remember it's a it's a movie that premiered two years ago by the weinstein company um it's uh it's a recounting of the dispute between edison and westinghouse over alternating current versus direct current for the illumination of the chicago's world fair of 19 of 1893 i i i don't know why you would put a director's cut out of this movie but
2: we have to add Tesla to the conversation, so
0: yeah, I, I, I just I'm surprised that uh, someone actually uh, sunk some money and in, in, in put this out into theaters to be honest. Uh, it just debuted, it, it was released in just a little over a thousand theaters. Um, I don't see it doing all that well from here on out. Uh, number 10 was Abominable, which uh, I guess besides The Addams Family, that's the only other uh, family movie that's out in uh, theaters. So I'm, uh, that's probably no surprise that that's still in the top 10. Uh, next week, of course, is the big week. Uh, we're getting Terminator Dark Fate. We're seeing Jamie Lee Curtis. Uh, and not Jamie. Oh, my God. I can't believe I said that. We're seeing Linda Hamilton. And Arnold Schwarzenegger come back into the Terminator fr- franchise. And from all reports, people are saying that it's really good. Um, so I have no doubt that this movie will be number one next week, or this weekend. Uh, the, the directors of this movie have pretty much said that they are picking up where Terminator 2 left off. And they're going to, they made this movie without any of the other movies in mind that they're going to, pr- they pretty much shot it with no, uh, none of those movies, uh, as if those movies didn't exist, which I think is smart because Terminator 2 is a great movie. Uh, even the f- original Terminator was, was really good. Um, so I-, I think that was a smart, smart way to go. We'll see if the audiences uh, respond. I think uh I think it probably will to be honest with you. You guys excited for the next Terminator this term, Terminator Dark Fate movie?
1: The trailers have me really excited for this Yeah. One.
0: Yeah. Uh I'm I'm curious to see how they uh ha- how they determine how they make uh, old Arnold like a thing in this movie. Like that that's kinda like you, you wouldn't think that like uh uh, uh, a Terminator would age, so why well, is he? That,
1: yeah, that's the the thing is. Like, number one, how does he? You know, why do they send him back again? Because obviously he went into the
2: right, right. You
1: know, the molten metal at the end, and yeah, why make him old?
2: Yeah. So, so I think I I think I figured this out. Um, because in uh in the in the earlier movies they talk about how. The Terminator was actually modeled off an actual soldier, and right. I think that that Arnold is playing that actual soldier who they are going to drag into this to help fight against the, the, oh, the futuristic. So you don't think um, he's a Terminator at all? I, I don't think he's a Terminator. I think he's 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 old man soldier dude, ready to ready to kick some butt. And I hey, uh, he looks great. Uh, Linda Hamilton looks phenomenal she like does get it get it <laughs> like I hope I am uh, as good as these two when I get to that age
0: yeah they uh they definitely uh the when I saw the first preview of this movie it just had me amped up because they do look phenomenal for their ages they look great back on the screen together and I'm just I'm hoping this this just kind of rejuvenates the terminator franchise because man those other terminator movies have been rough like they're they're not good for the most part um so you know i am I'm, I'm glad that uh, we're hopefully gonna get like a reboot and that's kind of that's kind of one of the things that you can do when time travel's a thing in your movies you can kind of go back and hit the reset button if you want to. So I think that's smart that they that they did that with uh, with Dark Fate. So we'll see. Uh, I I have no doubt though that uh, it will knock Joker off the number one spot. But uh, uh, I still think Joker will do pretty well over these next few weeks because I think um, Phoenix will get a lot of buzz going into the uh, was it the Oscars and all that. Uh, is that the uh uh, academy awards yeah, that, and that uh, uh he's gonna get he's gonna get a lot of buzz for that uh, coming up here soon so anyway that was the box office beat uh, a lot of uh, cool stuff that uh, should be coming out here in the last part of the year so stay tuned i think uh i think you know it's just gonna be crazy here to close out the two thousand two thousand nineteen 2019 year but the year in general has been down a little bit but i think it's about to uh bounce back because we all know what's coming in in december St- this little movie called star wars episode nine that movie is gonna break records i'm telling you right now that movie's gonna break records
2: hasn't so. it already broken a record oh it has it broke uh a- it broke, uh, I believe, ticket pre-sales. It knocked uh, Avengers out. Did it really? So doesn't surprise I, I believe me. I believe I saw that somewhere. Yeah.
0: Wow. Wow. So, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what, uh, what the year does here uh, for totals once it's all said and done. So now let's get to the story comic pop culture corner. Brought to you by storycomic.com. We're going to just talk a little bit. Barney's not here on this episode, so we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the pop culture stuff that uh, has been announced, and some of it actually was announced today. Uh, We're going to start with the announcement that uh, Cloak & Dagger, uh, the uh, Marvel show that uh, is on Freeform, that was canceled after two seasons. Did you guys uh, ever watch Cloak & Dagger?
1: I wanted to because I'm a huge fan um i never got around to
2: it yeah i didn't either um i uh, i i don't have access to freeform through the streaming services that i use to consume my television uh but like like rob i was a big fan of these characters in in the books uh and so i'll i'll probably try to catch up with the couple of seasons eventually but uh wasn't able to when it was on
0: yeah i didn't get a chance to uh, to watch it either um I have been watching a couple of the other Marvel shows that are on uh, Hulu. Uh, or maybe there's just one. The Runaways is the one that uh, my wife and I have been watching. So, uh, But hopefully we'll, we'll get a chance to uh, watch Cloak & Dagger at some point. But yeah, it's too bad that uh, that one didn't quite take off as I think that they were hoping it would. Uh, so that was cancelled out for its second season. The... Uh, the other news was that uh, Cartoon Network's uh, adventure time has been picked up by HBO max uh, and HBO max has branded the resurrected series as adventure time distant lands and they're gonna be going to uh, they're going gonna be going from those half-hour episodes to four one-hour specials uh, in 2020 which I think is odd that HBO max would pick up adventure time is that is it that kind of odd to you guys or is it maybe i'm just different maybe i'm
1: totally So time. Adventure Time is is one of those shows that like you know at one point the kids really wanted to watch and so i had uh, i had downloaded them and watched them by myself mm-hmm. up and you know for a few seasons and okay yeah so like i decided it, it wasn't appropriate really for the kids their age and then like there were some episodes that were like horror tinged that Actually, like, really creeped me out. Wow. Um, I yeah, it's it's definitely a show that I really cannot picture who the the target audience is, but I think it kind of makes a, a fit at HBO.
0: Okay. okay. Yeah, I've never watched Adventure Time. Well, I've I shouldn't say I've never watched. It. I've watched a few episodes, um, but it's not not been a show that uh, I've actually sat down and like watched episode after episode. Uh, it
1: uh, it's surprisingly um, smart okay. for such a dumb cartoon. Um, you know, issues that they touch on, especially later in the series, are are just really cool. Um, but I think it's things that are would be lost on younger kids. And I think a lot of adults probably wouldn't see it as a a show they'd watch because it is so, so, so goofy. Um, so like I said, I know, I know it's hugely popular, but it's just, it's hard for me to picture who the audience really is. Uh,
0: the other announcement that, uh, that I think just was released today was that the CW is developing another Arrowverse show, uh, Superman and Lois Lane. Uh, it's going to be a one hour show, uh, for next, uh, next season, uh, it follows the same characters that played Superman and Lois in the Arrowverse. And, uh, yeah, it's interesting that, uh, that that they're putting out another show for the Arrowverse. Uh, I know we talked a little bit about this before we went live, uh, Rob, but uh, you're okay with that. You seem to be enjoying these Arrowverse shows.
1: I mean from what I what I've seen, you know, I know my kids are enjoying them. Uh I know that they're still they're still popular. Mm-hmm. Um and I love that they they cross over so much. Right. Um I think it's it's definitely better than the uh you know, the DC movie universe.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um Which is and I'm surprising. I'm really
1: hoping that uh, I'm really hoping that Dean Cain makes a cameo in this oh.
0: new show. Oh, that would be that would be pretty cool. Um yeah, you would think that the DC universe, especially this Arrowverse, they've seemed to kind of made it to make it work. They've kind of figured it out. Now, why can't they do that with the movies? Like, well, it doesn't. You know what make
1: it is? It- I mean, with the Arrowverse, is they've they've taken their time. You know, they've built it up over over years, kind of like what Marvel did with the Avengers. They they didn't rush into things, whereas DC was like, oh man, Avengers came out. We really gotta we really gotta jump in and just throw as many of these heroes in, in a movie as we can. And then we'll worry about, you know, spotlighting them. I think that was their their big mistake, is that, you know, we had Batman versus Superman, which was just a jumbled, cramped mess. Uh, and then we had Justice League, which was a little bit better, but still you're not you weren't invested in these characters at all. Where by the time Avengers came out, I mean we had several Iron Man movies and and Captain America and Thor and I mean these are characters that you've had years of of uh, relationships with you right. know as much as we wanted that Avengers movies you know that Avengers movie right away and it was like oh my god we have to wait how many years till it comes out it paid off when it finally did cuz we were vested at that point DC just I mean threw it Right out there with a brand new Batman uh, A Superman coming off A a movie that wasn't bad But had an ending that many many People hated Mm -hmm. Um, And then they took that Superman And they made him just very Moody Um, Which you know is not a Superman character And then you toss in you know Wonder Woman and, And Aquaman and It just Didn't work Didn't work at all
0: Yeah yeah I, I wasn't a I wasn't a big fan of uh, any of those movies. Um yeah, I, I
1: like I, I like the Wonder Woman movie. Oh, no, I feel like Shazam is yeah. good. Um I didn't like Aquaman. Uh I didn't even watch Suicide Squad. Uh which I guess is part of the the universe.
0: Yeah, yeah. Sydney actually uh, my daughter actually didn't mind Suicide Squad all that much. Um you know, it wasn't great or anything. I think Wonder Woman was definitely the, the one that I like the best. And it definitely, uh, if any of the DC movies are going to model after any of the others, I think that's the one you kind of uh, point to and say, hey, we need to kind of emulate the, this type of movie. Um, Aquaman wasn't too bad. I, I actually didn't mind going to see that movie. Um, but mostly because it was 3D. And I think... Uh, you know some of those visual effects were really cool but uh i don't think i haven't gotten it out on uh on dvd so it wasn't really one of those ones that i really was all that excited about
1: uh, i think uh, b and i made it like an hour and a half in and then gave up like we were just Oh really with the walkman? Yeah. Uh, and i thought i was going to like it like i love jason Momoa uh, or whatever his name is um you know, he seemed really cool, and the action sequences were great, but it just felt like it was just crawling, yeah, um, and just trying to forcibly move itself forward.
0: Yeah, um, that's that's valid. Um, and then they've got uh, what they, they got? Another Harley Quinn movie that's coming out. Um, yeah,
1: technically they... it's a Birds of Prey movie, but it has like a Harley Quinn subtitle.
0: Yeah.
1: Or sub,
2: uh, yeah.
0: So, I, well, I mean, you, I know that, that I, from, you
2: know why uh, that is. That movie's going to suffer from the whole Batman versus Superman thing of bringing everyone into it. It's it's going to be muddy and and just my opinion. I Give me a Harley Quinn movie or give me a Birds of Prey movie. But trying to put them together, I think you're just going to lose a lot of the, the narrative thread on that. Yeah, absolutely. And
1: I'm I'm sorry. I'm I'm just of the opinion that the the character of of Harley Quinn has gotten worse and worse over time. Um you know, from from her days when, you know, in Batman the animated series, she was a great character. She's had some great comic moments. Although I do hear the the actual Harley Quinn comic is pretty good. But other than that, like her new origin story and just I don't know. I think she's definitely gone She's definitely gone downhill as time has has gone on,
0: yeah it's definitely one of those characters that I don't know. it just seems like uh, it's kind of worn out their popularity for me like it seems like every single person at either a comic book convention or any kind of convention is either in a Harley. Uh, cosplay, or Deadpool cosplay, or a Negan cosplay. Seems like one of those three, those are the people that you see, you know, at least a dozen people of, and it's just like, okay,
1: yeah. And all three are very easy costumes to do.
0: Yeah, exactly. It it just, I don't know. I think those are just characters that, that kind of, after a while, they hit saturation, and you're just over them after a while. at least with me i don't know maybe i'm speaking you know at a turn and and not everybody feels that way but it seems like for me okay yep that's unless it's unless it's some sort of really cool take on that character that i hadn't seen before like one person i saw i'm trying to think of like the the, the deadpool that i saw uh at uh, granite state now I can't think of it, but it was it was a really unique take on Deadpool, which I was like, oh, okay, at least that guy's uh, trying to be a little creative and and uh, bring something new to the table. So that was pretty neat. But uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I think at some point you're just gonna saturate, you know, the popularity, and just like people are just gonna be like, okay, yep, enough's enough. Let's move on to something else. And and I think that's probably where that Harley Quinn movie is gonna hit right about at that point. And. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that's good for DC. But we'll see. That's coming out. uh, When is that coming out? That's coming out next year? I think it's coming out next year. Oh, well. All right. Now let's get to the featured segment where we're just going to talk a little bit about some of the Kickstarter games that we're excited about uh, that are currently on right now. And, uh, yeah, because it seems like this stretch of Kickstarter games has got people really excited about a lot of different things that are on there right now um, Rob, is there anything on Kickstarter that you're you're really excited about that you're keeping an eye on?
1: Yeah, my buddy had pointed this one out to me, and it's a uh, scavenger yeah, which is uh, a fifth edition book and it's kind of like a was it like almost like a bronze age type. Setting. Um, it just looks really cool. The artwork is is fantastic. Um, you know, I was looking through the the Kickstarter page and just everything about it is kind of clicking the the right buttons for me. I think it's by a company called Shardstone. hmm Um that sounds right. Yeah, so it says it's a world of alien adventure and apocalyptic survival. Um, but with this kind of Bronze Age feeling to it, so it's not like, uh, yeah. It's I mean it's it's this weird fan. I mean it almost reminds me of a dark sunish type setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know they're you know they're very different, but it's the closest I can think of. Uh, and there's been a lot of five E stuff coming out. There was the Cthulhu Mythos. There was the you know, the, the Greek Pantheon one, there was Fireland, which looked great, but I think this one's got me the most excited. Um, I have not backed it yet, but I am definitely, definitely keeping, keeping an eye on it.
0: Well, here's the thing. here Here's what I, I saw this when it launched in a Kickstarter because I pretty much keep an eye on Kickstarter every single day. Um, I clicked on it thinking that it was going to be it's own RPG and then once I saw that it was a 5e campaign setting that actually kind of turned me off a little bit.
2: Um,
0: <laughs> I mean, and I'm not, I'm not saying that there's nothing against 5e I, I know it's really popular I know it's really, you know, a lot of people love it I was really hoping this was going to be it's own game to be honest with you and I think the art is beautiful, I think the the books from what they've previewed looked really, really high quality. Um, so when I saw that it was going to, it's just like a 5, I, I don't want to say it's a 5e hack, but that's kind of what it is. Uh, you know, it kind of was like, oh, well, that's kind of, uh, I was kind of hoping to see something different. And uh, so when I saw that it was 5e, that, that, that kind of, uh, that made me going from, uh should I back it or just I've got a reminder to to let me know that when it uh when it's in its last forty eight just to kinda see where where it ends up. But uh it's only it's got you know, almost five hundred and fifty uh backers and it's got, you know, twenty five thousand dollars in funding, which is awesome for uh for an RPG. Uh, yeah, I think it'll I
1: think it's it's interesting that we're starting to see more and more of these um, books that are based on the Open Gaming License instead of just a, a 5e supplement,
0: right? Right.
1: Um, because they they're starting to to do uh, you know different things. I know that Fireland uh, was one that looked great and it had some of its own systems and rules in there. So I'm interested to see if if Scavenger does that or if it's kind of just going to be a straight 5e game. Um, or if they will kind of expand upon it, and 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 make some things different. Um, I know Cthulhu Mythos stayed pretty true. They added some some rules for like um, ritual or not rituals um, formulas, so non-spellcasters could do a certain type of magic. And then they added in um, you know fear and uh, and sanity, um, and and Farland has some different magic stuff that goes along with it. So it's kind of nice to see fifth edition being expanded a bit.
0: Yeah. and, and I I don't mean to come off as, as negative with, with five I I just, uh, and I, I think it's cool that people are taking that template and kind of doing their own kind of things with it. I, I was just hoping that, you know, the, the indie RPG lover in me wanted to see something that was, was, uh, different and uh you know because the art and and everything is just it's so uh it's not not typical and and uh you know i was hoping that maybe the the that i was gonna get something not typical with uh with with that uh with that project but it still looks awesome and i'll probably yeah i'll probably back at it once once it's all said and done but you know
1: you gotta go out and back uh versus kickstarter part 2 versus. which is uh yeah so uh thomas deeney uh he was actually I used to write with him at purple pawn he's done a lot of uh graphic design and, and layout for rpgs like uh, underworld armies and seventh c uh and a bunch of other stuff uh he came out with these kind of little mini rpgs that come in like a trifold booklet based okay. based on the uh versus m system oh
0: yeah 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 okay
1: so the first three were like um versus mirror shades there was versus pirates versus empire and versus uh, there was another one uh and this time there's like versus mex versus hitler um and a couple others so he's he's kickstarting these it was a very low funding goal because they are just these little trifold booklets on their like, kind of little micro RPGs uh, but they're really cool. I think his campaign for this one has maybe uh, maybe a day, day and a half left. Uh, but you can get in at a pretty good price to get, you know, four four more of these booklets. Uh, and the production value of anything like the first one is, is awesome. Nice. Um, and they're just these little portable RPGs you can bring with you. They're very thematic. Um, so yeah, that's another cool one to check out. And I think it's just versus Kickstarter volume two or part two.
0: I'm I'm looking it up right now. Um now the versus uh, versus M engine is is that what that's what it uses? Is that what Yep. Yep. And that uses a deck of cards if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes, yes. So it's uh it's card based. Um uh, very simple um but just really cool. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah it's just called versus Kickstarter 2
0: check that out if you want to drop a link in the uh the discord chat you can go ahead and do that rob if you rob if you don't mind uh and i'll I mean. remind folks that if they would like to uh tune in and listen to us uh record the chaotic good cast live on our vcg chaotic good discord server you can every monday night at nine uh we hop on here and uh yeah we record it for folks to listen to live and then you get the edited version in podcast form. Uh let's see here. Uh Ben, are you I know that you're not a huge yeah. uh, huge Kickstarter uh, person for uh you know, uh being that you're I mean, I guess you do use it for the store from time to time. Uh is there anything on Kickstarter that you're you're kind of uh, keeping an eye on at this point?
2: Uh, one of the games that uh, that I'm looking at is uh, gameland games uh, they're tiny epic dinosaurs yeah uh, they've they've done a bunch of these tiny epic games which are, are fantastic. They normally retail for 25 thirty dollars they come in a little uh, a little little box that you can throw in a, a purse or a backpack uh, any small bag uh, your, your cargo pants pocket uh, and they are full games they are they take you know 45 minutes an hour to play usually um, and they've done uh, takes on resource management pick up deliver uh, they've done uh, player combat games uh, area control uh, so the Tiny Epic Dinosaurs is their newest one. Uh, and as of the publication of this uh, podcast, they'll have about four days left to go for three or four days left to go. Uh, and this looks like it's, you know, kind of almost Jurassic Park-ish. Um, your, your, uh, it's a worker placement, resource management kind of style game with some Euro game mechanics Uh, And you are collecting and and raising your dinosaurs. And one of the the hallmarks of these tiny epic games, they always come with really great meeples. uh, And this one has apparently over 70 different dino meeples. Uh, So that's going to be a a definite selling point for people who may not want to play the game, but may want a lot of little wooden dinosaur figures.
1: (laughs) I love that Gamelin even released like a little board game bag made specifically for holding tiny epic games.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, like yeah, I saw that.
1: So it's like it's like a you know, looks like a board game bag. It's just tiny. And it holds, I think what, six or eight of the tiny epic games?
2: Yeah. Yeah. No, it's uh they they've been doing some really good stuff and that's that little tongue in cheek kind of cuteness is uh, they found their their mark in the industry and they are just knocking it out of the park every time.
0: Yeah, this uh, it's amazing that they've got uh, over ten thousand, or almost ten thousand five hundred uh, backers for uh, actually just went up again uh, while we we're while we we're uh, recording. Um, it just it's it's amazing that uh, they've been able to just build a brand on such a small board game line, but yet the games are decent and uh of course some are better than others i think but uh it just, it's just it's amazing that they can uh they just pull in that many backers and that much funding each time they go to kickstarter um and i think scott alms has uh designed all the tiny epic games if i'm not mistaken
2: right I
1: believe I be-
2: that is correct yeah i
1: believe so although i from i i saw it a while back ago i don't know if it's still happening um but they had announced like they were gonna be doing a, a tiny epic Gloomhaven. What? Um Yeah, it was a while back ago I saw it. No uh, him and him and Isaac. Um yeah, go look it up. I don't know if it was like a real thing or but it looked, you know, they had like a little looked like a little box, a little thicker. But uh I've gotta go back and see if it was like really a thing. Yeah. Uh, but they had like a little mock up and
0: uh, I'm It'd be not, cool if they did. I'm looking for it right now. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I'll have to. I I always would. Just, I've always been hoping that uh, they do like a tiny epic dungeon crawl, which would be pretty cool. Um, in fact, I've tweeted at <laughs> Michael Co a couple times yeah. and Scott Alms that hey, if you guys ever want to do a tiny epic dungeon crawl, give me a call because I would love to. Uh, uh, I'd love to work on that. And, and uh, See what that's all about, but yeah,
1: uh, that would be awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think that would be pretty cool. Um, but yeah, it, it they uh, they definitely put out some decent games, and and uh, I'm excited to see that this tiny epic dinosaurs is, is gonna where it's gonna end once it's all done, said and done. By the time this podcast will will uh, will be released, it'll still probably have another three days left to go. So. Uh, yeah, I, I don't doubt that it will probably pass 400,000 uh, once it's all said and done. Now, here's a question for you. Uh, in terms of uh, the theme of Timey Epic Dinosaurs, do you think that the dinosaur park theme has bu- kind of been overdone at this point?
1: We've had a lot of different dinosaur park games. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's there was... Uh, the you know the the big one uh what was it uh Dino island or
0: dinosaur island yep from dinosaur uh, island and then you games.
1: had the uh you know you had the the Roland Wright one yep
0: there's Dinogenics. Uh, which was originally...
1: yep there's also dinogenics and of course there was a a jurassic park yep one uh you know, but then again, look how many zombie games are out there
0: yeah, that's true that's true. Yeah,
1: uh, I mean, obviously there's a market for them if, if people are buying them, uh, and you know if if tiny epic dinosaurs is uh, any indication, people still still want them.
0: Yeah, this is true. this true? Is true? Now going back to the uh, statement about the second edition of uh, Sheriff of Nottingham from Simon, uh, Simon uh, actually has a Kickstarter right now for a second edition of Zombicide. Uh, are either of you guys Zombicide players? Have you guys played the original Zombicide? Are you fans of Zombicide? I've
1: played the original and I liked it. Yeah. Um. I I really want Black Plague and Green Horde. Oh
0: um, yes. Okay.
1: But yeah, I um I don't actually own any Zombicide games.
0: Okay. Okay. Uh, I'd like to. Ben, do you have uh, zombies? Any any thoughts on Zombicide?
2: Uh, I I played the the first edition uh, basically when it came out. It it's good. It's a it's a fun little system. Um, definitely, I think they kind of saturated the market the first time around with all the uh, guest artist things that you could get and add-ons and everything. And then Black Plague and Green Horde. So I'm kind of, kind of curious what Second Edition is really bringing to the table that uh, sets it apart from someone who may have already invested hundreds and hundreds of dollars in in Zombicide.
0: Well, the the one good thing that they've done, and I, I really uh, I really have to give props to Simon for this, is that they've they've part of the pledges for this second edition is that you can pledge for, uh, a, a nostalgic pledge, which is basically you, you pledge $40 and it gives you new cards, new dashboards, uh, for, uh, your original zombicide. So it kind of takes your original zombicide and gives you that, that second edition feel and, and everything. Um, yeah, I, the the second edition is is definitely uh more streamlined from what they said the it's supposedly supposed to be able to easily pick up and take down and you're supposed to get to the table a lot quicker with with second edition than you were with first edition that was one of the gripes that i had with first edition was that it seemed to be uh, a lot of uh,
2: it was a lot prep. of setup yeah it was a lot of setup
0: yeah and that seems to be a lot with a lot of their miniature games to be honest with you uh, or their miniature board games i should say um but the really cool thing about it is of course that the it comes with the plastic dashboards which we know work really well with black pa- plague and green horde um yeah i it'll be interesting to see how how well it does it's doing really well it's got uh, uh it'll be interesting to see how it how it ends up i should say Uh, right now it's almost at 1.7 million, which is pretty decent. It's got a little over a week left to go. Um, they've announced a whole bunch of stretch goals, of course, and they're doing this thing where every day they, they release a new zombie sculpt. So you get like, I think today's, uh, zombie was a pizza delivery driver or pizza delivery. Uh, yeah, pizza delivery driver, which was pretty cool. Um, and they've got some sort of house rules for each zombie, which it's kind of neat that they've they've put that much uh, thought and everything into uh the stretch goals for uh for this campaign. The other thing that they've just announced today is a travel-sized zombicide. Have you guys seen this yet?
1: I haven't seen it. We were talking about it earlier, but that's kind of cool. I'm going to Is go- it uh is it, is it supposed to be, like, the exact same play as regular Zombicide?
0: It's the same exact thing, just shrunk way, way down. So it comes in, like, this little travel case with 79 miniatures, and it's got six dice rollers, and the dice rollers are, like, built into the case. So all you have to do is just, like, you know, flick them, and they, they spin. So you don't even have to worry about losing the dice. Uh, it's got like all these little compartments for the cards and for the the miniatures and everything. Uh, it comes with like little dashboards. It's basically if you want to play Zombicide on the go, or you you want to go camping and you want to bring Zombicide with you, but you don't have any other. Uh, you don't want to bring the big box. I think it's pretty cool. Uh, I didn't know that I wanted this in my life, but i want this in my life
1: and what does the the price look like
0: uh it's 50 dollars. that's what the that's so that's a little steep but i think it's pretty- but is
2: it like there's a ton of components in this even oh, though yeah. it's travel like it, Catan has a, a a travel version that is like 40 bucks And it doesn't come with nearly the amount of stuff that this comes with, and yet we sell it all the time. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think it's outrageous to be asking fifty bucks for this. And if
0: you look at it, it comes with like the little doors and and it comes with the little spawn and exit tokens, and and it comes with mini miniatures, which I think is hilarious because, you know evidently we need our miniatures even smaller now uh you're you're gonna paint
2: this set, right doug
0: i i don't think i could man you'd have to get like a microscope and like uh uh, i i take forever painting miniatures as it is imagine having to take like a precise detail brush to paint these things are they like
1: uh 40k epic
2: size Uh,
0: i don't they probably are they're not
2: very big But now they look they look about epic size, yeah.
1: That's that's tiny. How do you even play with them?
0: Well, I don't know. I you just, oh <laughs> man, I I don't know. It just it's it's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I I definitely would love to play Zombicide more. And lugging a big box and having to set everything up kind of hinders that. So this is a great. Uh, a great alternative. Now, here's my qu- question. Of course, you can't really get this add-on, and of course, they, they, they announce it as an add-on for uh, the Zombicide Kickstarter. You can't get just Travel Zombicide with this Kickstarter. You have to get like a pledge in order to add it on in the uh, the pledge manager. So, you kind of have to have one version of Zombicide in order to pick up this travel zombicide and and uh, off the Kickstarter. I'm assuming that this will probably hit retail anyway. I'm hoping I'm hoping that this travel zombicide uh for second edition does really well so they'll go on and do it for Green Horde and, and Black Plague as well. Cause I would love to have travel versions of those games too. Actually I'd love to have I travel would just like versions to have of the original What's that?
1: I would just love to have the originals.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's true too. Uh, I I do have, which I I do have, but again, it's just the setup and everything, and lugging the big boxes around just kind of sometimes is a pain, and I want to just put it in my backpack and go and play play these games a little bit easier. Uh, but it would be interesting if. Simon kind of takes a lead from tiny Epic and converts some of their games to this travel size because of the, the fact that I think there are a lot of people like me that would play their games more if they could get into the table a little bit easier. You know, I think
1: that would, you know, for, for, for gamers like us, like when it, with the kids, man, yeah. if it takes me too long to set up a game, they're they're done. Um like even when we we first got Fireball Island, they they couldn't wait for me to set that up. Thankfully the <laughs> the broken token box uh makes it so much easier to just store, organize and, and get the game set up. Yeah. Um yeah. But yeah, if a game takes too long, they're just not interested. Well, unless I set it up and then call them to the table without them realizing I was taking time to set it up
0: that's the cool thing about this travel zombicide is that the case actually opens up and it's the, you put the game board on the back of the case. So it's evenly got a play play area with, uh, with the case. So yeah, I, I think it's genius. I'm, I'm excited to see, uh, how well it does. I will probably, uh, pick up a copy of that and, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they do any more, uh, of, uh, of their games in that size. Now, the other game that I'm really excited about uh, that just launched today was was a game from Mantic Games. Uh, this is League of Infamy. Uh, have you guys taken a look at this this uh, campaign at all yet? Just just I saw launched it at three o'clock after 3:00 you uh,
1: after before... you backed it. <laughs>
0: oh, did you? Uh, yeah. It... Yeah,
1: I saw your notification that you backed it, and I took a look.
0: Just launched uh, at four p.m. this afternoon. Uh, our time and uh, it's from mantic games and needy cat games Uh, you probably know james and sophie from needy cat because they had this phenomenal success with the hellboy board game that released earlier this year and they're back with league of infamy and if you're familiar at all with dungeon saga which is another dungeon crawl game from mantic games this is kind of like that with some hellboy mechanics mixed in. Only this time you're not playing as the heroes, you're playing as the villains in the dungeon crawl, which I think is a cool take on the whole dungeon crawl uh theme. Uh yeah, so you're playing all these bad guys and you're trying to like I think you're trying to like mess over the elves that are the good guys. Uh, of course, with all their Mantic games, they take place in the Kings of War universe. So I think this is actually uh, the start of a whole other, th- you know, part of the lore of their uh, Kings of War uh, setting for for their games. Uh, they say it's semi-cooperative, so or no, not semi-cooperative. It's occasionally cooperative, so. <laughs> not only are you trying to uh backstab and or you not only are you trying to like uh you know de- decimate the the elves and the good guys in this dungeon but you're also supposed to supposed to backstab your 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 fellow players uh at the table which i think is interesting so yeah I, it should be a huge hit for them i'm guessing uh it hit it's funding within the first hour and a half that it was on uh it's uh yeah i they got some really great minis uh if they're anything like the hellboy minis that were that were in that board game uh i'm i'm really excited and i'm hoping that you should be able to take these minis that are in league of infamy and also use them in kings of war and maybe their vanguard game i don't know don't quote me on that but it wouldn't surprise me if you couldn't uh but yeah i i I like me a good dungeon crawler and this of course uh is a cool take on it i think so it'll be interesting to see uh what uh what they announce along this kickstarter it's a pretty short kickstarter it's only 15 days which is fairly uh fairly quick for mantic and uh yeah I, i i i think if it's like i said if it's anything like the hellboy game this should be a big Big success for uh, for Mantic and for Needy Cat. So yeah, that's uh, those are the things that I that we're excited about on Kickstarter. Uh, if you're excited about something on Kickstarter, why don't you uh, let us know on social media? Uh, tweet us at uh, at Doug VC Gaming, or uh, you can also hit us up on uh, the VCG uh Facebook page and 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 shoot us a message there and let us know what uh what you're excited about uh, on Kickstarter. There's a whole bunch of different products uh projects on there that uh, I didn't even mention that I know that uh a lot of other folks are are uh, excited about as well. Well, that's going to do it for this week of the Chaotic Goodcast. It was chaotic, but it was so good. I want to thank my fellow casters Ben Higgins from Quarterstaff Games, and Rob Kalajian from Ponds Perspective. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the Chaotic Goodcast. We'll see you next week. All right, Ben parody song or are you saving it for carnage
2: pants ah saviors of our podcast pants ah we love every one of them pants ah they're a miracle
0: uh, wow <laughs> wow How did, if that's the, if that's <laughs> the warm-up there. for sunday this is going to be amazing.
2: I, I, was I, writing can't, I can't wait for, for the like uh, choreography. Today. It's going to be great. It's going to be awesome.
0: <laughs> Bob, be Bob uh, in the, champ, <laughs> the chat says, claps to the pants song.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: That's awesome.